Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Welcome to another episode of Lighthouse Conversations. In this episode, I want to share with you an interview that I did with Pastor Dave Adams about what is destroying our Caribbean families. We have here at the Radio Lighthouse Studios... Pastor Dave Adams from the Bahamas. Some of you may be familiar with Pastor Dave Adams by name, or you may have met him in person. He was saved in 1972. He attended Blue Water Bible College and graduated in 1977. He has an earned and honorary doctorate degrees, and he's been in ministry, involved in ministry since 1972 when he was saved. He's been serving at New Testament Baptist Church in Nassau, Bahamas for over 30 years, where he is currently the head pastor. Pastor Dave Adams has also been associated with the Radio Lighthouse for many years. He used to have a radio program here on the station, and we look forward to the possibility of getting him back on the radio station. Pastor Adams, your church has also been a faithful supporter of the Radio Lighthouse for many years, for which we are grateful. Amen. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Adams. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be here and in the beautiful island of Antigua, where land and sea meets beauty. I've been excited. I'm still, I'm still looking for the 365 beaches. So, <laughs> Well, when we leave the studio here today, we'll start our tour around the island to start counting them. Pastor Adams, let's start out general. Families in the Eastern Caribbean or in the Caribbean... Secular and Christian families, what do you see as a couple of the major things that are attacking the family? Well, let me begin by saying Psalm 11 and verse number 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The family is the foundation of society. It is the foundation of any nation. So go the family, so go the nation. So go the family, so goes the government. So go the family, so goes the school. So go the family, so goes society. The family is the foundation. And God designed it that way when he made Adam and Eve. And by the way, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, as you've heard before. And uh, the family is the foundation. And there are some things that are certainly attacking the foundation. And Satan is a part. He's an instigator. And his goal is to destroy. If the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do? It's a rhetorical question, meaning there's nothing you can do with our nation, with our society, with our churches, because the family is the key to the church also, with our government, if the family is destroyed. Now, let's put it right. That's the way God puts it. 
What are some of the destructive elements in the family today? Well, I'll, I'll give you um, a few of my observation throughout the Caribbean. And yea, even in Africa, the times when I've been there, the time I've been there, and the places I've gone there. But um, um, the, first of all, we have a situation where the fathers are not home. Uh, that's, that's, that's sad. Because the father is the key. He is the, the head man, the head honcho, uh, so to say. Um, it is said if you were to line up 10 girls, uh, let's say they're teenage girls, and you would take seven of them and you would say to them, according to the statistics, seven out of 10 of you will become pregnant out of wedlock. And there will be no father that will be around, no father around. The girls will get pregnant. They would have to raise that child by themselves. So the fathers are not there. The family is not together. It's being destroyed uh, through the fornication. 70% of the homes of children born without fathers that are married. So that's the beginning of tearing and ripping the foundation. So that's one of the segments. Another segment is the, the movies. Uh, you know, our world of technology today is it's amazing. But our movies do not portray sound, fundamental, foundational families. They portray uh, segments and the way they make it as if it, this is great. And actually it's ripping our families apart. The movies play a major role. Another thing is the music. The music in our society is also destructive. Uh, the kids are listening to this music, and so what are they doing? Rebelling against their parents because that's coming through from the music. The kids are listening to music, so some of them are smoking dope. So it's coming through the music. The kids are listening to music, and so they're out there committing all kinds of sexual sins because it's coming through the music. The music is portraying that. Now, I'm not talking about Christian music and Christian values, but I'm talking about the music in general. It's promoting the drugs. It's promote. Look at it. Those who love, who are hooked on drugs, love a certain type of music. Uh, they're into the world of seduction and sensualism. There's a certain type of music they like, and uh, so music plays a heavy role. Rebelliousness in the home, etc. And so we have homes without fathers. Uh, the the television um, is controlling a lot. So the kids are not learning from the fathers. They're learning from the TV. And then they have a music that is is um, infiltrating their minds. And so we have a bunch of rebellious kids. Kids that says, you know, I want nothing to do with you, Dad. I don't want anything to do with your Mom. They technically don't want anything to do with society. They want their own way. And they've been promoted. Now, we all have sinful natures, but these things have accented uh, our sinful natures uh, that we have. So I'm seeing mothers who are struggling because there's no father at home. They have to try to make ends meet. Um, we've seen the children that are struggling because there's no structure. We In the Bahamas, we've been witnessing more murders. It's unprecedented than ever before. Um, robberies and rapes, and I suspect that all these things are up in, in almost every Caribbean country because the foundation is being eroded, destroyed. So, Pastor Adams, what about now in the churches? 
are there different elements or is it mostly the same elements that are destroying our families? Uh, boy, you know, the same. The truth is the church is made up of the components of society. And so as a result of these things, you have rebellious kids, etc., the homes that are torn apart. Um, those are the kids and those are the people that are come, coming to church. And the church has to find a way to heal and to mend uh, the wounds and the destruction and to rebuild the families and giving them biblical values. And so it's the same segment uh, that comes into the church. Those are the ones that are getting saved. Jesus did say, came not to save the well, the whole ones. But if you're sick, that's what he came to do, to put your life back together. And that's the reason why we offer Jesus as the solution for anything that's going on today. Yeah, it's broken. The home is torn up. They need Christ, and he can put it back together. Pastor, as you've been speaking at the family conference at Gospel Light, you've been speaking of marriages and the importance of having a strong marriage in order to have a strong family. What are some ways that we as believers in the Caribbean can build stronger marriages with our spouses? Okay, that to me is the foundation of what we need. We have to have the Lord Jesus Christ ruling our families. We believe that marriage is looked at as a, a triangle. Where to the bottom or the base of the triangle, in each corner, there's a man or a woman. On each corner, the husband and the wife. And then as they go to the top of the triangle where they all join into one, um, God is at the top. And we believe the closer they draw to God, the closer they will draw to each other. So I always say this. Every marriage needs a third party. And that third party is God. Okay, it's okay to have counselors, but each marriage needs to have God. God didn't create marriages to be without him. He is the center, and if he is allowed, he will build a marriage. So the first thing we, we teach people is where are you going to place God in this marriage? Because husband is one thing, wife is another thing. They are male and female. They are different. They're going to have conflict. They're going to have differences. And they must learn to unify these differences, these conflicts, in God. And that's what he is there for, to resolve the conflicts, to build it. So we begin it by saying, first of all, there must be a father or a husband who will be in prayer. He's got to be um, connected with God. And so in prayer with God, he's going to be able to get the, the, the wisdom and direction to lead his wife. Uh, second thing with the father or the husband, he needs to be a man of the word. He must get in word. From the word, he will get the practical wisdom that is needed in the everyday situation. Uh, the next thing needed, of course, is a wife who is going to submit herself to a husband according to the word. The word. And so the, you see the word, prayer, is essential. And then we have the aspect of where Church attendance is vital. It is for the fellowshipping. And a lot of times, some of the things that take place in the home, you go to the church, the preacher preaches. If he's filled with the Word, filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to relate to something that's going on in your marriage. And so it builds the marriage. We have a thing in the Bahamas. We have a school called Telios Christian Schools. And our, one of our models is a threefold cord 
is not quickly or easily broken. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. And the whole aspect is home, school, and church comprises 100% of a child's life. So if the home is right, the school is right, and the church is right, that child is going to go right. When it comes to the families, we believe it's God, father, and mother. If, if, if we are related and we are connected to God the way we should be, we're going to have strong homes. Okay? So it's God. It's actually God, husband, wife, and church. We believe those three things um, build strong marriages, strong fa- families, strong foundations, and that's what's going to build society. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. And I have in the studio with me today Pastor Dave Adams. He's from the Bahamas, has been pastoring New Testament Baptist Church in Nassau, Bahamas, for over 30 years. And he's been sharing with us about what he has seen is destroying the families all around the world, but especially in the Caribbean, and the importance of, in order to have a strong family, you've got to have God you, as the center, and then the, and the father and the mother, the husband and the wife. Pastor Adams, quick question for you. What about for that listener who is saying, I think I married the wrong person. <laughs> They're not saved. I want to get out of this marriage so I can meet the right person that God has for me. How would you respond? Wow, that is a loaded question and one that has been debated through Christianity uh, for a long time. But in order to answer this, I think it would be best for me to answer it direct from Scripture. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, uh, it's a passage that relates to that. And um, Paul speaks concerning these. What had happened was these Corinthian believers had married, uh, before they were saved, they had married people that were unsaved. Now, you do know the Bible forbids you to marry the unsaved person. Uh, God says, uh, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Okay? That is a scripture, Second Corinthians 6, I think, verse number 14, that we need to understand. Don't yoke up as a believer. You, you can't have the devil as your father-in-law. Okay? And God says, don't yoke up them. But what happened in this context is we understand that the Corinthians... Got, they had married, and then they got saved. Now, after being saved, the question was, should we still stay with our mates, our spouses? Because our spouse is not saved. We got saved, but our spouses don't want to be saved. What should we do? <clears throat> and so Paul says something to them in verse number 11. Uh, let me read it for you in First Corinthians um, he said in verse 11, but and if she depart, let her remain. Well, back up to verse number 10, 1 Corinthians 7, verse number 10. And unto the married I command, that is the married Christians, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from the husband. You know, If your husband wants to remain as your husband, don't worry about it. Even though he's unsaved, uh, let him be there. Don't, don't cut him off. But then he says, um, um, but and if she depart, or if your wife departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. He's imploring the Christians as much as possible, keep their marriage intact. Keep it intact. 
If the mate wants to leave, well, listen, you have no choice. Let them go. But if the mate wants to remain, even though they're unsaved, he is encouraging them, remain with your mate. And then he says, verse 12, and, but to the rest, speak I, not the Lord. If any brother had a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. He said, if your, brother, your, your wife doesn't believe, and she still wants to stay in the marriage, don't put her away. And later on, he says something about the children. Um, in verse 14, he says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. He says there's something about if you happen to marry somebody and um, now you realize they're not saved, do not seek to disrupt the marriage. If the, if the unbelieving partner wants to remain, let them remain. He said, I'm looking at these children. The children are going to be set apart. They are sanctified. God looks at them as the children are special. And he said, otherwise than that, you say, you know, uh, they're not as special. So uh, I think there's something in that that we need to remember. Uh, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. That is who is saved. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. You know, um, if that husband is saved, else were the children Unclean, but now they are holy. And so God encourages marriage to stay. God does not encourage divorce. He encourages marriages. And so if your mate is unsaved and he still wants to remain with you, stick with him. Stick with her. And uh, you pray that God would bring them to a saving knowledge of himself. You live a godly life in the front of them and see what God's going to do. Matter of fact, in the book of First Peter, there are some scriptures that relate directly to that. And when, when I'm asked about the, the unsaved husband, listen what the scripture says in First Peter 3, verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that is, if your husband is not saved, they also may, without the word, be one, by the conversation of the wives. So here Peter is saying the same thing that Paul is saying. You got an unsaved husband? Be in subjection to him. That is, subjection to anything that does not violate scriptures. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, if your husband is not saved, you can, without preaching to him, you can win him to Jesus Christ. How do you do it? By the conversation of the wife. That is, by the life living, by the manner in which you live. Remember that scripture verse we said, Psalm 84, verse 11? The Lord, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hello. That's a great verse to apply here. Wives, your husband is unsaved. Be in subjection to him, just like Peter said. Don't preach to him, but live a godly life that you can win him to Jesus Christ. And of course, I know a few instances where that has happened. So. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. I know that was a loaded question, right. <laughs> but you did a very good job of answering that on the fly. And for you, our listeners, I had not given them a heads up I was going to answer that question. 
And so you can tell he is a man of God's word that he is able to pull out those concepts and those verses and open to them quickly. Pastor, I know you've done a lot of counseling in your many years of ministry, and our world is constantly striving to have the new technology and to just to see the change of technology over the last three, four, five years is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading last night, and the average person in the developed world spends a total of 23 days a, of their year on their cell phone. Mm. That's eight to 10 hours a day on their cell phone. So how do you see technology affecting our families in the year 2016? Is it for the better or the worse? Okay, well, put it this way, Imam. Technology is a great asset, and just as much as it could be a great asset, it can be a great liability. Um, I've seen that our children today have more knowledge than ever before. What they know in, I used the expression, kindergarten, is what I knew when I went to college. <laughs> you know, just using that uh, comparison there. In other words, these kids today know a lot. However, they're not wise. They have more knowledge, but not more wisdom. You know, the Bible says something in Proverbs 1, I think it's verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then I think it's Proverbs 9, 10, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge is the right is the understanding of a thing. Wisdom is how to use it, how to put it in practical life living example. Our kids are sharp, but they have they're great with knowledge, but they have no wisdom. Um, <clears throat> we know more about sex today than we ever knew before, and yet at the same time we're still um, sensual. We're still very voluptuous in our, our life living, knowing the disease and so forth. But it's a deception of man. Man believes the more he knows, the more he is like God. He thinks he can overcome all things. And he feels that, oh, these technologies are indication of his wisdom. What he doesn't realize, the technology is an indication of God's wisdom. And I firmly believe that all technologies were put here allowed to be put here by God so that we can spread his word. And that's where the difference comes. In the secular world, they're going to do it for man. The Christian world ought to be doing it for Jesus. Technology of the cell phone, man, I can send the gospel message now around the world. The most needed message that man's need is the gospel. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? If he becomes rich, if he gets healed uh, if he, from blindness or AIDS and he finds a cure for all these things, he becomes the greatest person in the world, what profit does it give to him if he loses his own soul? There's only one cure for the soul. That's Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, the salvation in Christ. And so, yes, technology has affected us in a very negative way. But as far as the Christians is concerned, I think we should have been using it in a positive way. But many times we get caught up with the world. And so the world has jumped on the bandwagon of technology. Um, thousands of pornography sites uh, coming into existence every day. 
Well, there should have been thousands of Christian ministries coming into, you know, being birthed every day. Well, you're on that thought, Pastor, and you mentioned pornography. I don't know how many listeners we have right now listening to this interview, but I can guarantee that at least some of them have struggled, are struggling, or will struggle with this temptation. What would you say to the listener who is struggling with pornography? What's the first step? I know that's a, it's a big, that's a loaded question, right. but how would you advise them to move forward? Um, the, the, the word for pornography in the Greek language is the word porneia, and it refers to, it, it, it's inclusive. Uh, it's a word that we see translated in our Bible as fornication, sometimes adultery, uh, incest. All these things are included in pornography. Um, with the struggles that are going on with people that are having, and both, by the way, Christians as well as lost people are struggling with this issue. I've spent um, some time doing the research, and as I counsel people who've been dealing with this issue, it has been a serious thing um, in seeing how far this thing has entrenched in our society. And uh, so a couple of quick advice what I normally give would be, first of all, they have to admit. And after you, it takes a while for people to admit. Like Alcoholics Anonymous, before you can be cured, you have to admit you're an alcoholic. Before you can be de- can deal with pornography, you got to admit that you're a porn addict. That is, you're addicted to pornography. And um, um, that's the first thing, admitting uh, slash confessing. That is very, very important. There is a... A, a scripture passage that I, I often uh, like to go to, and it's, it's, it's um, what you call in Proverbs chapter 28. And as, as I look at that particular verse, I want to quote it to you. Proverbs 28 and um, um, verse, number, oh, verse number 13. And, and the Bible says something that is very, very important. Let me read it to you. It says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confess it and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So you got to first of all begin with confession, admittance. You keep on covering it. No, I'm not a porn addict. And you know you're sneaking to do this thing. By the way, porn, porn addiction is one of the greatest destructive habits uh, in marriage. It destroys marriages. Someone say, oh, they thought it would enhance. No, it destroys marriage because it's actually... That mate, it's as, it's as if they're committing physical adultery with somebody else. So it's really destructive. But going back, there must be an admittance, a confession. Then there must be a forsaking. Now, how do we do the forsaking? You forsake when you intake the word. Uh, what you read and what you feed is what will empower you. So there must be the power of the Word. Um, the Word of God has that innate power to do some things that mankind cannot do. For instance, I'm sure you're familiar with the books of Hebrews chapter 4, where it speaks in verse number 12. and says these words, For the Word of God is quick, that is alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow, and is a discerner. That word discerner means a criticizer or a critic of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
Only the Bible can do that. So we must feed, we must read, we must feed from the book, the Bible, in order to deal with this pornography. Admit it, read and feed. And then I always say, you need some counselors to assist you. Because in many times in life, um, we can't do this all on our own. And that's where the church comes in. Counselors, workers, pastors, leaders, uh, preachers, teachers that's going to teach the word and is going to help you through these, these struggles. Well, that's all that we have time for in this episode of Lighthouse Conversations. But be sure you tune in next week for the rest of this interview with Pastor Dr. Dave Adams from the New Testament Baptist Church in the Bahamas. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest? you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations, we would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or lighthousebimi at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268 268- Four six two one four five four, or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code two six eight seven eight two one four five four. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear Lighthouse Conversations. Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM. Or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.